0: Welcome to Your Gal Friday, a podcast about female leaders, innovators, and rule breakers. Each week, your hosts, Leah and Phoebe, will shine a spotlight on an amazing gal and talk about what we can all learn from her. Brought to you by Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Welcome to Your Gal Friday. I'm Dr. Leah Leach. And I'm Phoebe Freer. Today, we are talking about two gals named Theodosia Burr. Both gals received a well-rounded education, which was uncommon for gals at the time. Both also grew up in single-parent homes. Their connection to a certain Aaron Burr certainly gives their life complexity, but as you'll find out, they were pretty complex themselves. Now, we'll do our best to keep them clear using Mama Theo... Now she's the one that's married to Aaron Burr and daughter Theo. She's the child of Mama Theo and Aaron Burr. She is also the subject of the Hamilton musical song "Dear Theodosia."
1: Yay! Which is one of my favorites, and I've been singing "Dear the- Dear Theodosia" all day, and it's I. It's one of the easiest ones to sing because it's only two parts. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I could talk all day about just the song. So
0: it's a beautiful song. And now we get to talk about uh, the real life gals kind of behind it, too. (laughs) Which is really awesome. (laughs) Exactly. So what did you kind of know before the show?
1: So, I knew embarrassingly little, as in nothing, before the show that I know of. Um, That's I fine. Knew That's about- totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> I knew about Hamilton. I kind of knew about Burr. I heard about him before. Definitely did not hear about his wife or his daughter, which is kind of a shame because they're pretty awesome.
0: Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I I would say pretty close to the same thing. I mean, because of the musical, I did look them up a a, a little bit. So I got like the the dot points of knowledge. You know, that's kind of like about it. Um, And then I just kind of would read a few things here and there and watch a few videos. And all of it was (laughs) kind of suspect because it always seemed like there was a lot more to the story. So I've been looking forward to this episode. Um, I'm also, I will say, very intrigued about uh, Theodosia's disappearance, which we will right. get into uh, later. <laughs> oh, totally. Cool. So let's dig in, shall we? Phoebe, where sure. was Mama Theo born? So
1: Mama Theo, a.k.a. Theodosia Barto Prevost, was born in November of 1746, and her mom was Anne Sand Stilwell, and her father was Theodosius Bartow. So her father, Theodosius, died on October 5th, 1746, which was actually several weeks before Theodosia was born. Theodosia was his only child, and Theodosia was raised for five years by her single mother, Anne, before her mother married Philip, who was a captain in the British Army. So together they had five more children, and Philip ensured that Theodosia was actually tutored. Um, and it was tutored with a cosmopolitan education, meaning she learned French and she learned multiple different languages, three different languages. She learned uh, mathematics and sciences and all this types of stuff. And learning French actually came in handy while later in her life while writing letters to Burr and also translating French political
0: treaties. So when Mama Theodosia was 17, she married Jacques Marcus Prevost. He was Swiss, but spoke French and English. Now Jacques followed his older brother into military service, and they were both recruited by the British Royal American Regiment, and they were sent to America in 1756. Jacques's brother would rise to be a commander of the British Army in New Jersey. Now Mama Theo and, and Jacques met in New York City, while Jacques was healing From his battle wounds. The couple would have five children together three girls and two boys. And even though Jacques and her stepfather were both in the British Army, Theodosia was a patriot. She was friends with William Livingston and Robert Troop. While her husband Jacques was stationed in the West Indies, she was living at her parents' estate in ho ho New Jersey, and she offered her parents' 14-room mansion, The Heritage, as a gathering place for American soldiers. George Washington even stayed with her in 1778, and it briefly became his headquarters, meaning pretty much most of the cast of Hamilton characters were there, including one, Aaron Burr. Now, it's unclear how long Jacques was in the West Indies, and if he knew that Mama Theodosia was helping the American Revolution. However, Jacques died of his battle wounds in Jamaica in 1781.
1: So, excuse me, are you Aaron Burr, sir? Um, no, I'm Theodosia, his wife. So Theodosia first met Aaron Burr in August of 1778. Sources kind of differ on how they met. Um, one says that it was a sale to New York City. Um, another says that it could be because um, Theodosia's cousin was in Burr's regiment. Others say that they met at the Hermitage House. Regardless, though, the two quickly became friends and Burr began regularly visiting the Hermitage House in New Jersey. By November of 1778, he was writing to his sister speaking of Theodosia's honest and affectionate heart and all of the passionate and heart knowledge. Uh, of course, rumors began to spread about Burr's unusual constant visits to the Hermitage house, even though he kind of had a reason because it was a safe house, but it was a little too often for It was a little suspect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and it was correct, the two gradually fell in love and both mind and in soul, and by 1780 they were openly lovers. So Theodosia and Burr's writings to each other covered politics, philosophy, and feminism, with the two discussing both Rousseau and British Feminist. They modeled their relationship on a mature affection rather than the standard practice of marriages at the time and relationships being based on a social standing. They had the rare chance to marry for love and affection. This appealed to Theodosia's sense of independence and intellectual freedom. Um, After Burr became licensed as an attorney, Theodosia and he married on July 2nd of 1782 at the Hermitage House. And it was with Livingston personally issuing the license.
0: Oh, very sweet. Well, yeah. in 1783, Mama Theo and Aaron welcomed their daughter into the world, and she was named after her mother. Theo was raised in New York City, and Aaron Burr supervised her education. He had read *Vindication of the Rights of Women* by Mary Wilson Stonecraft, and was set on giving his daughter the best education. So Theo learned French, Latin, Greek, piano dancing, as well as English and math. It is also said that she read The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire at 10 years old. Oh, geez. In his 1908 biography of Theodosia, Charles Felton Pidgin wrote, quote, She was the first woman in America to have what may be called a college education. Her personal charm, her edibility her moral heroism, and her educational accoutrements entitled her to the designation which we would have given her the first gentlewoman of her time. Look at that. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. <Yes>. That's impressive. <laughs>
0: So daughter Theo would write many letters to her father while he was away, and apparently even that was an educational endeavor, as he would include a detailed criticism on her thoughts and her use of the English language in every letter. (laughs) Oh, wow right now Theo's mother died when she was 11 years old and we'll cover that in detail in a bit but at this point her father was even more plugged in at giving his daughter a social education including a love and appreciation for the arts so at age 14 Theo actually served as hostess to political and social parties at their home in the modern day Greenwich Village she entertained Joseph Brandt the chief of six nations as well as Samuel Bard Bishop Benjamin Moore Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton
1: Alexander Hamilton his name is Alexander Hamilton (laughs) (laughs) exactly
0: (laughs) now there's a possibility there was even more kids in the house right Phoebe?
1: yeah which is interesting so it turns out um, we talked about how Theodosia had a marriage previous to Burr well Burr had a marriage previous to Theodosia as well which isn't talked about a lot
0: right I didn't know
1: yeah, I didn't either. Um, it's believed that Burr also fathered two illegitimate children during his first marriage, so not even to his first wife. So the woman was named either Mary Emmons or Eugenie Boharamis. She came from either Calcutta to Haiti or Saint Dominique, where she lived and worked before being brought to Philadelphia, possibly by Theodosia's first husband, which is kind of crazy because you start to see how small the world really was at this time. Very true. So the first child um, that they think is Burr's was Louisa Charlotte Burr, and she worked most of her life as a domestic servant in the home of Mrs. Elizabeth Powell Frances Fisher, a prominent Philadelphia society matron closely connected to the oldest Philadelphia families, and later in the home of Mrs. Fisher's son. She was married to Frances Webb, who was a founding member of the Pennsylvania Augustine Educational Society. Um, the secretary of the Haitian Emigrant Society, formed in 1824, and a distributor of Freedom's Journal from 1827 to 1829. After yeah. Francis Webb's death, Louisa remarried. Um, her youngest son, Frank J. Webb, wrote the 1857 novel, The Garys and Their Friends, which is actually the second novel to be published by African-American writer.
0: Oh, very cool. So...
1: The second child was John Pierre Burr, and he grew up to be an active member of Philadelphia's Underground Railroad, which is awesome. He also Ah. served as an agent for an abolitionist newspaper, The Liberator. He worked in the National Black Convention Movement, and he served as a chairman of the American Moral Reform Society. So it's pretty cool. His quote-unquote illegitimate children, so to speak, are pretty awesome as well so it's it's totally worth mentioning
0: yeah Um, absolutely
1: so in addition to the oral family histories at least one contemporary of john pierre burr identified him as a natural son of burr in a published account burr himself left no documents that mention or allude to the the children's presence and no source suggests that he acknowledged them as children Which kind of contrasts to his adoption and acknowledgement of other children, which were born later in his life.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, it's kind of fascinating because it's like, okay, he adored Theodosia, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if he had these children, these other children, it's like, well this is weird i don't know the moral compass is kind of kind it's of feels a little off, a little off isn't it you know?
0: right exactly Either that or there's there's two sides you know what i mean two sides to the guy right, <laughs> right. one yeah, when he's exactly. with theo and one when he's not or or yeah, something, something. <laughs> yeah interesting
1: <laughs> right <laughs>
0: Well, I will even add to that because uh, they had, of course, the stepchildren um, because of uh, Mama Theodosia's first marriage. So it is reported that uh, Mama Theodosia and Aaron Burr had four children together. However, daughter daughter Theo is the only child that actually survived to adulthood. Um, But. She was not the only kid that was actually in the house. So two sons from Mama Theo's first marriage are mentioned with living with the couple. The three daughters are not mentioned. However, after I did some digging, I'm pretty satisfied in saying they were most likely in the home as well. Now, what we do know is the boys, Augustine and John, were given a proper education and they both ended up working in Burr's law office. Now, for a few years of young Theodosia's childhood, the family also took on two protégés. The first was Natalie de lague de Vloud, and she was the daughter of the French admiral and an aristocratic family. The French Revolution made it dangerous for her to stay in her country, so Burr opened his home to her and her governess, Caroline de Sanat. Caroline would help tutor the children, including daughter Theo. Theo and Natalie actually... actually... Actually, became very close friends. Now, the second protégé was Jean Vanderlyn. Now, John showed great talent as a painter, and the Burr home helped support and grow his craft with the help of mentors. In 1796, John was accepted at the Ecole des Beaux Arts in Paris, where he finished his studies. So there was uh, lots of kids, cool. some of them in the house, some of them not. <laughs> That's interesting. Yes.
1: And through it all, Theodosia and Burr has this strong bond, and Theodosia was very strong-willed and never afraid of disagreeing with her husband. Um he would have intellectual conversations with her just like any man. She had been sick as long as he knew her, at least that's what one source says, but it started getting worse um, when their daughter, Theodosia, was very young. Um, Burhan handled more and more of Theodosia's studies as her mother's health began to deteriorate. So, this note I thought was really cool. Um, in the last year of, l- of her life, she inspired Burr to set up a school with Madame de Senat for young ladies and gentlemen in New York City in 1794. By seventeen ninety two she was in regular pain. Poor Theodosia she, she had um doctors prescriptions and all this and nothing was helping. Um and it turns out that she had stomach cancer and Burr offered to resign from the Senate um to spend more time with her, and she's huh. stubborn and strong willed and she refused, of course. But it was really sweet that he even that he right, offered, you wanted I to be thought. with
0: her. Yeah.
1: yeah, Theodosia did die of stomach cancer on May eighteenth, in seventeen ninety four, at the age of forty eight. Long before Aaron Burr became such a controversial figure, before right. all the drama, so I'm yeah. starting to really think that maybe he was a different person because of her. Like I'm starting right. to believe May-
0: this. <laughs> maybe she was the glue that was really keeping him, you know, together to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. keeping him <laughs>
1: human almost. And understandably, Burr was devastated. From that moment on, he focused on his other love, his daughter, Theodosia. Burr later wrote that, quote, The mother of my Theo was the best woman and finest lady I have ever known. Aww. Yeah. So Burr... And Mama Theodosia were considered America's first feminists, which I found interesting. Yeah. And I kind of want to do even more research on this, maybe for the mini cast. I thought it was maybe almost too much of a tangent to do right this second, but I right. thought that that was fascinating that they're considered America's first feminists.
0: Right. Oh, absolutely.
1: Like,. Leah said they were loyal followers of Mary Wollstonecraft, and she was an English author of a vindication of rights for women. In their correspondence, the Burrs both showed a marked concern for the rights of women. So I just yeah. thought that was fascinating and kind of good to know for Gal's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. Like I, exactly. I didn't even realize that there was like such thing as a first feminist.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. And yeah.
1: It, and and it's really cool that it's a couple.
0: Right. It's a couple. And of all of the um kind of like founding fathers and founding mothers that we've kind of been talking about within Hamilton, I would have right. put money that Burr would have been the one I would have not picked.
1: <laughs> totally. You know what oh I mean? yeah, that would Burr would so, have been the first one that's like, okay, we can cross Burr off the
0: list. <laughs> exactly. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the Burrs. All right. No, but it is Yeah, totally it's not. No, it such is. <laughs> interesting contradiction. <laughs> it is. Yes. Uh, Well, seven years after the death of her mother, daughter Theodosia would marry Joseph Alston in 1801. Now, Joseph was a wealthy landowner from South Carolina, and over time, he would actually become the state's governor. Now, in a very cute story, daughter Theo and Joseph honeymooned in Niagara Falls, and they are placed in history as the first couple to publicly do this and apparently set a trend. Oh, <laughs> I know the honeymooning Niagara, in New- Falls, Niagara Falls as a
1: <laughs> Niagara yeah. Falls. Thanks you.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. So they welcomed their first and only son a year after their wedding, and he was named after Theo's father, Aaron Burr Alston. So again, you have the duplication of names: the Theo to Theo, oh, and yeah. then the Aaron to Aaron. <laughs> So it makes it very complicated for It was,
1: was Theodosius to Theodosia to Theodosia. Yeah, right. it's just... Let's just keep things complicated. I know. I know. I'm really glad we decided not to keep doing that.
0: Right. Exactly. To an extent, I mean, of It's course, nice to, to have extent. your own identity and at least by a different name. Yeah. Yeah. It helps.
1: Or at least kind of like have a third or something, you know?
0: Right. Exactly. We get used to juniors after a while, but they don't tend yeah, to exactly. do that. Right. Now, it has been said that since the death of his wife, Aaron Burr's outlook took a turn for the dark. He did channel those first few years into his daughter's education, but with her now married and starting a family of her own, Burr got even darker. So in 1804, uh, Theo's father was in that fateful duel with Alexander Hamilton. Uh, Burr was charged with murder in New York and New Jersey, but he was actually never tried in court. Now, between the duel and his Vice president position, he fled to be with his daughter Theo in South Carolina. He lacked public and political approval. He had very little partnership with Thomas Jefferson, and Burr did finish his term, though, as vice president in 1805. Now, Theo stayed by her father's side this entire time, and she went with him on business trips. She was there with him in Ohio in the summer of 1806 as Aaron Burr conspired a plan. With Harem Blessen Hasselsat, that is a name, and General James Wilkinson to buy and take land by force to create a Western Empire. The idea oh was something like the land was sec- secede from America, and Burr would become king of the land, and Theodosia would eventually become queen. I kid you not.
1: <laughs> That's now- um interesting.
0: Right. Oh, yes. Uh, They wanted the Louisiana Territory. Then they wanted Spanish Mexico. Uh, Burr would eventually lead a well-armed group of colonists into New Orleans. Now, Wilkinson, his partner in this crime, turned on Burr and told Washington, D.C. about Burr's treasonous plot. Now, this didn't go over well. Aaron Burr was arrested and tried for treason in 1807. Yeah, no, people didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I don't blame him. (laughs) Yep. Now, the weird thing was Burr was acquitted by the chief justice, and the public pretty much lost their mind. They were not happy that he was acquitted. Burr fled to Europe due to the public's hatred of him. And apparently he didn't learn anything because in Europe, he tried to instigate a war between England and the United States while he was there. (laughs) Seriously. Right? Burr,
1: now, but but Burr, you were my favorite. Exactly. You, you were my favorite for a minute there.
0: He gets very, very dark after after, you know, Mama Theo goes. It's so sad. However, the shining light is that uh his daughter Theo did not give up on her father. She wrote this letter to First Lady Dolly Madison, and I'll read a part of it. Quote Why, then, is my father banished from a country for which he has encountered wounds and dangers and fatigue for years? Why is he driven from his friends, from his only child, to pass an unlimited time in exile, and to that, and at an age where others are reaping the harvest of past toils, or ought at least to be providing seriously for the comfort of ensuing years? I do not seek to soften you by this retipulation. I only wish to remind you of all the injuries which are inflicted on one of the first characters the united states ever produced character is an interesting way to put it she's not wrong yeah she's not
1: wrong yeah she's not wrong
0: <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> so now Ehrenberg burr came back to the united states four years later oddly he came back in 1812 you know, the 18, the war of 1812, the very weird war, war between the United States and Britain. So part of me, part of me is wondering if Burr's time in Europe had anything to do with it. There's no direct link, but you know, it's Burr. I can't, I can't say I know, that, this, that uh. it couldn't be, right? It just, it's weird. I mean, but,
1: I'm I'm starting to understand why the musical is called Hamilton. Yeah, right? I mean... Yeah, and starting to understand this now.
0: <laughs> but they did a very I mean, good job making you feel for the villain because up till that they point They did. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, I was all about Burr. Like I even right. even with the whole musical, I'm like, yeah, I am team Burr, you know. Right. No, no he gets sir. Dark. Dude, I mean I'm st- <laughs> I'm still uh... I'm still team Burr, but seriously, Burr, really
0: <laughs> Exactly right. You can still love and be disappointed at the same right. time. Right.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> it's That's where totally I'm at. <laughs> possible. Now, uh, you've got how it got even weirder, but for yeah. Theo. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So poor Burr just had bad luck when it comes to the Theos, but I mean he just had bad. Bad luck. I don't even get it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So in December of 1812, you know, around the War of 1812, um, Burr encouraged his daughter, Theo, to visit him in New York, and she was in South Carolina. Uh, that's where she lived with her husband. It was several months after the War of 1812, and Theodosia's husband was sworn as governor of South Carolina. As the head state of militia, he could not accompany her on the trip north. Burr sent Timothy Green, which was an old friend, to accompany her, and they traveled by boat. And, you know, it was all normal and hunky-dory, and she was going to visit her father, and everything was fine. The two of them boarded the Patriot, which was a famously fast sailor. It had originally been built as a pilot boat and had served as a privateer during the war. So it had been refitted in December in Georgetown. Um, its guns were dismounted and hidden below deck. Um, its name was painted over and any indication of recent activity was entirely erased. Um, the captain, William Overstocks, desired to make a rapid run to New York with his cargo. Now, all of this, I tell you... Because the Patriots and all those on board were never to be heard from again. They were lost at sea. Yeah. Wow.
0: And I think it's so weird Mm, that the ship was called the Patriot. I just think that's weird. I know.
1: I know. (laughs) It was right after the war. And just like, there's so, it's it's like, wow. And then it's not like they, somebody could send a letter, hey, this is what happened. Or... Mm you know, send an email or something. It's like, no, it's basically nope, nobody... if it
0: doesn't arrive, you just wait longer until then you start to worry. Yeah,
1: exactly. So they don't even know when daughter the- Theodosia died because she was lost at sea.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they have it's a the No idea, but
1: exactly. So no one actually knows what happened, but as you can imagine, there are lots and lots of theories However, Aaron Burr refused to credit any of the rumors of his daughter's possible capture, believing that she had died in a shipwreck, which I can't blame him.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Now, there, are, I'm going to tell you about some of these stories, which you can find online. I they do love a
0: good story, whether they're true oh, or not, yeah. they're still a good story. <laughs> they really
1: are. So one story was considered somewhat plausible, was that the Patriot had fallen prey to the wreckers known as the Carolina Bankers, who appeared near Nags Head, North Carolina, and were known for pirating wrecks and murdering both passengers and crews. Um, In relation to this, Mr. J.A. Elliott of Norfolk, Virginia, made a statement in 1910. That in the early part of the 1830, the dead body of a young woman, with every indication of refinement, had been washed ashore at Cape Charles and had been buried on her finder's farm.
0: Oh, okay. So that's just
1: one theory. Right. So writing in the Charleston News and Courier, Foster Haley claimed that the documents he had discovered in the state archives in Mobile, Alabama said that the Patriot had been captured by pirates.
0: Right, which is crazy.
1: Which anything can happen with pirates, you know.
0: Right, take the booty,
1: take the women. I mean, there's just so much bad stuff. I would be, yeah, walk the plank. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Other mm. theories include American Indians, and inscribed lockets, and a possible confession in a fictional novel, and a possible portrait of Theodosia, and many more. And it ah. makes me want to go on a trip like a National Treasure to get to the bottom of this, because right. I do know now.
0: Exactly.
1: At the same time, I'm also understanding why Burr didn't want to confess that he thought any of the other possibilities were true, because... I mean, if she did die of something more than a shipwreck, that would be way more traumatic. And I, I can't. Right. I, I wouldn't want to, like, as fascinating as a pirate story would be, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So I'm like, oh, right. I'm
0: so torn. But National exactly. Treasure, though. <laughs> I know. It seems like a good, you know, investigation. I need some, some history detectives on the case. It,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> We're
1: going Fantastic. sea diving this week.
0: Oh, it's it's so weird, but yeah, there's so much mystery around it of what in the world happened. I mean, really, you know that the ship didn't arrive. That's about all. That's it. (laughs) Right. Oh, goodness. So uh so one thing that made me wonder was, what happened to the kids? For some odd reason, you know what I mean, that thought kept popping right. into my head. Because we have Mama Theo's kids, um, and then we also have Daughter Theodosia's kids. So I thought I would do some digging and look and see what happened to them. Um, so I talked briefly about Mama Theodosia's kids a little bit. Um, again, not much is known about the three daughters from her first marriage. So the sons, a little more is known about them, um, even after working at Burr's law office. So John, uh, he went on to be appointed by president thomas jefferson as one of the first three superior court justices in the territory of the orleans basically the new orleans area um he left his position in 1808 now interesting when your stepfather was accused of treason in 1807 in that same area just interesting isn't it (laughs) very interesting Dun, dun, dun. Now, John continued to practice law in New Orleans uh, before some very interesting appointments. He was the American commissioner to examine the state of the Spanish colonies in South America. Uh, he was also sent to the Oregon Territory to help with the U.S. position uh, possession from the British. Um, and also, he ended up moving to Peru with his family, and he lived to be 59 years old. So that was one of Mama Theodosia's kids. Her second, Augustine, he was married twice and he had nine daughters and one son. Now Aaron Burr wrote a letter about Augustine saying quote, the elder provost is a most admirable and honorable man. He goes on to say I wish you could know him but it would be difficult by reason of his defiance and great reluctance to mingle with the world. It has been a source of extreme regret and mortification to me that he should be lost to society and to his friends. The case seems almost remediless for alas, he is married. End quote. Now, so I guess Augustine was antisocial. <laughs> but I mean yeah. compared to Burr, is it most of the world? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? This is a fair point. I also thought maybe having a stepfather like Burr, uh maybe staying out of the public eye isn't such a bad thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. I don't think I'd want to get involved right. in that mess.
0: Exactly! So Augustine settled on a 240-acre farm in New York, which is near present-day Concord, and he lived to be 75 years old. Uh, So then lastly, what happened to daughter Theodosia's son? So as I was researching the whole burr-trying-to-get-his-own-country thing, I would find that Theo's son was sick, and she was taking him from doctor to doctor in hopes of healing him. Now, daughter Theodosia herself was also Also reported as becoming more fragile after the birth of her son. So maybe on her journeys with her father, she was looking for a doctor to help both of them, both herself and her son. Yeah. So unfortunately, her son Aaron would die of malaria in 1812 at the age of 10. Now, women's history blog.com writes: Theodosia went into a deep depression, and her already frail health declined over the next several months as she mourned the loss of her son and her father was still living abroad and it was a very difficult time right Mm -hmm. so that is what happened to the kids i know oh so then we have this really difficult question because we have some very complex people um and complex um influences as well but what legacy do you think that theos wanted to leave behind
1: Oh my goodness! I feel like the fo- the mother and daughter first off are completely separate. Like I feel like I need to tackle this individually.
0: As yes, go of for course it. you
1: would anyway. But still, so Mama Theodosia, I really feel like Mama Theodosia um, saw the good in Burr. I feel like maybe this is the the Disney kid in me, but I kind of feel mm-hmm. like it's the whole Beauty and the Beast almost like, oh, she sees good and the bad guy type thing. Yeah. And like they're building a country, so she wants to help build a country. But she, did, she didn't try taking the spotlight or anything. She mm-hmm. was an intellectual. You know, she knew what she was talking about all of the time. And she respected Burr and Burr respected her. I, I think she saw... That she could leave a legacy even through Burr and mm-hmm. through her children, and I think that she just wanted to leave like a positive reinforcement supportiveness to her husband. I feel like it was very like, yeah, she's doing it for the country, but I think it was more mm-hmm. she was doing it for her husband, like they were very much in love yeah. it's hard to it's hard to um match or challenge that kind of love you
0: yeah. know so it's like oh, it's very obvious
1: yeah so i'm i'm think i'm leaning towards that and then daughter mm-hmm. theodosia I, I kind of see her like as a daughter too so mm-hmm. and her father expected a lot you know so i kind of right. see her as like maybe she was thinking a little less about her actual legacy and more about most of her life, she was trying to please her father or trying to do the best mm-hmm. that she can for her father and for her mother, and I, th- I think it was very family-oriented, very like, okay, right. very, very much loyalty, very much, I'm going to do the best for my family, and I'm going to do the best in my social situation, mm-hmm. and... But yeah i feel like she would think a little bit less about legacy
0: but yeah, i think so too yeah yeah
1: so uh, what I'm about you? you um
0: oh, i had to think of legacy in two ways because i really i couldn't wrap my brain around it because i think for the first part of it for me anyway is what did aaron burr want his wife and daughter's legacy to be And then the second part of it would be, what did the gals themselves want? Like, I felt like I had to somehow mentally address both of those.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that kind of makes sense because, like, we couldn't talk about the Theodosias without talking about Burr. Like, so it makes sense.
0: Right, it's they're they're so ingrained in each other. They're both influencing each other so much. Right. Um right. so I mean I think because Burr was a public figure and he cared very much for his status and his legacy, um I would say to the point of detriment on his part. I feel like that pressure uh, would find its way onto his daughter and to his wife as well. Absolutely daughter theodosia's education is an example of that pressure that burr was putting on her but it also was an opportunity for her to be as great as him i think he was trying to give her that opportunity and i think she probably also did have that burden a little bit, if you will. Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would add to that that both of the Theos had to put out a lot of fires and do a lot of mental and physical cleaning up after Burr. Um, And that is exhausting. But they both stood by him 100% through all of it. That's the Burr box, if you will. Right. With Mama Theo dying at 48, Um, She did a lot with her short life. Um, And she was seemingly, you know, on both sides of the war, being married to a British officer, yet opening her home to, you know, Patriot officers, setting up headquarters. She supported Burr and her children. She didn't live long enough to see the controversial figure that he became. So I think that she thought her legacy of championing Burr and helping the Patriots to form this new nation would be her legacy. Um, I'm sure Mm. she had amazing hopes for her daughter. So that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that feels right. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to the legacy for daughter Theo, I I had to put some of my own personal baggage on. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Kind of like think about it, because uh, when daughter Theo's mother died, she took on the role of becoming the sports system for her father and basically trying to fill that void. And I've done that to a certain extent and it's hard. Uh, It's hard being the kid and then the parent of the, you know what I mean? Being the kid and then also being the parent to the parent, you know what I mean? Um, It's really hard doing that at the same time. You can lose yourself in it um your life becomes in service to them because at a drop of the hat if they need you you go to them that's how it works and bird needed you know daughter theo quite a bit um it doesn't matter what you are accomplishing on your own and in fact it never feels like you are accomplishing your own so i see that in daughter theo and again i'm adding my own baggage to it so i could be wrong um but uh it seemed that um her father was at a higher level of priority than maybe her husband or her son to a certain extent. Yeah. And I get that because he was most noticeably troubled. <laughs> right. Um, and the fact that she died while going to see her father is such a tragic bookend to her story. But yet it makes weird sense in a way because her father was you know she was surrounded by protecting and helping and supporting her father and she dies en route to see him after his exile so it's just very very weird so I think her legacy was supporting her father and I also think that with that beautiful mind of hers she could have done so much more if she wasn't tethered to him
1: absolutely
0: yeah yeah The weird thing is, is when I put it together, daughter Theodosia's son dies. The next year, Theo disappears at sea. And then a few short years after that, Theo's husband, Joseph, dies at the age of 36. So in the course of five short years, the entire family dies. And I found that just terribly tragic. That's an entire family gone within five years. Wow. All by... I would say weird circumstances, because malaria I would yeah. still consider a weird circumstance. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So wow. from that tragedy, what lessons can we learn from the tragedy and the life?
1: Right, totally. Oh my goodness, this one's hard.
0: Now that I made you all sad.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Now I'm sad. Mm-hmm. But like, Hamilton lovers are used to this feeling, so it's I okay. Know. Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> We love, yeah. sad. <laughs> we love the set. We love the set. Okay.
1: <laughs> I think I learned how powerful love truly can be. Um, mm-hmm. I'm truly thinking that Burr changed, even momentarily, for Theodosia, and maybe not changed, but he acted differently
0: because right. maybe he was a better Theodosia. person around her.
1: Right, and. It's a true statement or show and tell, so to speak, of how one person can influence another person to be a better person, you know, and i I think deep down, I don't always believe that I don't always believe people can change, even though mm-hmm. that's kind of goes against my moral compass, like I kind of contradict myself like. I'm worried deep down people don't change. But at the same you, time I'm hopeful hope? that they do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm with and you. And
1: Yeah. So I guess this is like a terribly tragic way to learn that love really can go across those barriers and really can change people and you really can make a difference in some in an individual's life and their immediate actions. And it's shown in very publicly.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. What about you? For for me, I I learned you got to live your own truth and you got to live your own life. Um totally. uh, if you have a famous controversial father or not, <laughs> you got to live right, that yeah. truth and you got to blaze your own path is kind of what I learned. Um I mean, you you can deal with the circumstances of your birth and your childhood, but you shouldn't let it define who you become. Because, to quote the musical, "'The world is wide enough.'" Um, I feel like there was a curse on this family, or just some maybe really, yeah. really bad karma. Um, with right. Mama Theo's death and everything changing, there's like so much death and revenge and scheming, and I feel like it comes from this place of great hurt, and that hurt was Burr's. Um, and right. it reached out to the rest of the family, and I think that's the tragedy. I find it, you know, absolutely heartbreaking that. That five years um, where basically an entire family dies, where they're all gone. And I don't even know why I feel that it's unfair that they had to pay the price. But Burr got to live on because he lived on many, many more years. However, I do know that Burr had to deal with that. Um, And because of the musical I still feel sorry for him I really right. do, yeah, and so I have to quote the musical because it really kind of relates to this whole story, which is death doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes and it takes history obliterates, and every picture it paints it paints me in all of my mistakes. When Alexander aimed for the sky, he may have been the first one to die but I'm the one who paid for it. I survived, but I paid for it. Now I'm the villain in your history. I was too young and blind to see. I should have known, I should have known the world was wide enough.
1: Aww. Yes. It just makes me love the song more.
0: (laughs) Right, doesn't it add another depth to the
1: song now? Yeah, and it's, I don't know. I feel like I learned so much about, like, myself and how i accept people i guess it's like okay he did all this stuff and i still like you said i feel sorry for him like i'm not angry at him for trying to basically take over the world you know it's like i i'm just sad for him you know
0: Right, exactly. And that's the that's the amazing thing of empathy. You know what I mean? Right. Um, And that the the world is big enough for our complex human beings. And it's our job to understand them and empathize and sympathize and know their story. Because it's not just warning cries, you're also going to find some elements of yourself and be like, ooh, do I need to change that? Or do I just need to keep that in check? (laughs) <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Well, that wraps it up for us. Next week, we are going to conclude our real-life gals of Hamilton coverage with our epilogue show. We'll put all of this history from all these last episodes and not only cross-compare with each other's gals that we've been talking about, but we'll also look deeper within the context of the musical. So we also want to hear from you, our listeners. How did learning about these gals change, for better or worse, your thoughts on the character depictions in the music or what you thought you knew about them. So let us know on Twitter at Gals Guide Galaxy, on Facebook at Your Gal Friday Podcast, or on our website at galsguide.org. We leave you with this quote from daughter Theodosia. I seek only to solicit an enlightened opinion relative to facts which involve my best hopes of happiness. For more information about this week's Gal, or to check out our previous episodes, visit galsguide.org. To support the show, visit the Gal's Guide Patreon page. We love our patrons and offer exclusive perks and behind-the-scenes access for as little as $1 a month. Thank you so much for subscribing to Your Gal Friday.